Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. We always like to dress good. We always like to dress good, but it just became, yeah. it just became more uh, emphasized right. uh, during that time. And look, that self-concept thing, I think, was so important. But now we move into the uh, into the 90s. We might call it the golden age, the age of Pac, the age of the Notorious B.I.G., the age of um, so many others, man. What's y'all thoughts on that, man? What, you know, what's some of y'all favorite songs from that time? And obviously, how does it, how do you think it, uh, they talked about mental health issues, of course. Okay. First. It's tough. The nineties is the nineties is is very clearly the best era of hip hop to me. I feel like, like I said, we had a we had a solid blend of conscious music, of kicking music. We had we had cats coming in and really being individual. Yeah, that's the era where so many like right Speaking now own experiences and own personal life. Right, yeah. it was just it's just different, and so many and there's so many artists that had like. In the very beginning, everybody just was kind of doing it. It was it was all the same. So when you had one person that come out and was different, like a LL came and was very different than like the Curtis Blow style, which almost everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. LL come along and it's like, whoa, what is that? You got KRS come along and it's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You got Rakim come along and it's like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? You got your Cool G's. You got your you got Big Daddy Kane's. Like the '90s gave us. It was so many cats that just was completely different, completely right. different styles, and what was going on. It sh- it changed so much because we talked about off camera. Nobody sound like nobody sounded like Buster Rhymes, and nobody has sounded like Buster Rhymes since then. Right? Nobody sound nobody sounded like Q Tip. Nobody has sounded like Q Tip to this day. Like like the nineties gave us so many artists that today. Still are dope, still are active, still had their own creative styles that adapted to the times and still are relevant today. Like we we have we don't have that from any other era. Yeah. Where those are the guys who still active like that. Like the fact that Nas just dropped six albums in the past three years. It's crazy. Is crazy. It's crazy. And he dropped in the nineties. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And he out here and he doing numbers and he working with a new with new young producers and still moving. The fact that Jay is still relevant. The fact that Bus is still relevant. Like these all these cats came out of the nineties. So I think that the nineties it ain't no, it ain't no beating it, bro. There's no comparison. It ain't no beating it, bro. It ain't no, it ain't no beating it. And I, and I just think that um, what we, what we saw happening there was people. It, it wasn't so much the message for our people. That's when I feel like it kind of became more so personal. 
everybody just really speaking directly to what they had going on mm-hmm. and what was up with them. Um, and that's what made those different groups so impactful in the 90s. For sure. No, I, to- I totally agree that the 90s is absolutely the golden era. And one reason being, I think, to your point about the originality and all the artists in that time frame, right? The early stages of it was really, it's founded in New York, New York City, right? New York City. So New York almost had a stronghold on rap music in the 80s. Right. You know what I'm saying? But when you hit the 90s is when you see the West Coast influence, Mm -hmm. the South influence, the Midwest influence, everybody, like I said, it mm-hmm. blew up to be global at this point. Yeah, got them know so them was, soldiers. So then the sound yeah. got more diverse because the sound it wasn't, got more diverse. The sound got more diverse because it wasn't just everybody looking at this one spot to pump out the sound. Right. All of a sudden, we had we got outcasts. What they ain't say? No, ain't no other the, outcasts. The South got, the South something, got, got something to say. Something to say. <laughs> you know what the South saying? got something to say. Yeah, like and it just and it just ain't no other outcasts. Like right. that, and that, and that's the thing that I feel like more than anything is what make so many of them '90s cats stand out is that there was no imitating what they did. Mm-hmm. Everybody Absolutely. had their real individual sound, and there they was, were gonna call you out if if you did take their sound. Like, right. It was all about the originality of it. Like you know? it, like the, and that's the reason that they pop so hard. Because that's that's always gonna be the thing. When you got something that is dope and it's also not the same as everything else, it works. Mm-hmm. So that's why Wu Tang became Wu Tang. That's why Outcast became Outcast. Like so on and so forth. Like it's so many a tribe became tribe. Absolutely. They all was so different. Mm-hmm. And we like, can't forget the Fuji. So, you no, can't forget Fuji's the Fuji either. Oh my god. And like so so growing up in the nineties, being in school, right? I remember how it influenced like my 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 environment because I went to I went to a predominantly white school but then as as I got closer to high school it got more diverse. So by this stage, you know, 90s, I'm in junior high, high school and through hip hop like everybody kind of formed their identities mm-hmm. on who they was going to gravitate to. Me and my crew, we was more Wu-Tang New York East Coast type cats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then in that same school, it was cats who was influenced off of cash money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or, or No Limit Records, you know, the yeah, South no yeah. type style of, of, of people. So I think it gave people a source to find out like, okay, this is the type of cat I'm going to be. This is the type of swag I'm going to have. This is what I'm going to identify with. They speak more to what I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like for me, Wu-Tang made it cool to be cool but smart but right. street at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I can be street, but I don't mean because I'm street, I got to be dumb. Right. I can right. know math and science and be well, do well in school. Yeah. But still, don't think I'm no corny cat that you can just push up on me. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. that's the type of confidence that listening to Wu-Tang gave me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. And my I re- crew. I see that. I respect that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Where, where some cats were... Who, and it's no knock because I loved all that music for the era that it was, but like the cats who was more influenced by like the down south rap, it was like, oh, we just gonna be street cats. It ain't cool. To, I'm gonna be on that, you know, right. ignorant stuff. And it ain't cool to be smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like 
That's how I felt like it was influenced. But it, it, it felt like it was more celebrating the 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 thugdom part of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but granted, man, all Master P and them stuff, that stuff has some dope beats to it, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. Beats, yeah, also, while also I having see. the ugliest album cover to ever exist. <laughs> what you say? Well, they imitating them shirts now. With, with, no, with, it's with crazy, the, yeah, bro. How they, how they trying to bring that yes, back. Yes, man. Yeah, like, yeah. it's wild. Like, how, how, how it's like... I seen uh somebody had an original one of one of the uh concert tees mm. from uh Master P Torn and mm. like one of the but like it was one of the actual original shirts the joint was selling for like six hundred in the store. Mm. I'm like, ain't no way, bro. Mm. It's horribly ugly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but these right. new trendy kids like, give it here. And they never ain't never even heard a Master P record. Yeah. You know two artists I thought they was one from the South and one from the of course New York. I thought um they had a mystical and um, roof, roof. Come on, Tommy. DMX. DMX. I thought oh, they had a, oh, they yeah, had a yeah, kind yeah. of a kind of similar style. It was vibe. just it was just it was just it was just extreme energy and real aggressive. But yes. like in that nineties, like coming out of the end of the nineties, mm-hmm. DMX had rapping a chokehold, bro. <laughs> yeah. Chokehold, bro. Two albums in a year, drop yeah, back to back on their heads like it was no games like his energy was unmatched that's another that's another one of them artists there is another there's not another DMX nobody else nobody else has that style he was completely original completely individual nobody sounded like him nobody delivered like him like it was just yeah. everything about his energy his demeanor his style that's one of them artists that's like yeah bro you can't replicate that yeah. but on the on the 90s tip I wanted to rewind it just a little bit okay, okay, and yeah. highlight one influential part about the 90s hip-hop, right? I feel like it was, it's two parts about it, right? I feel like 90s music was known for or was the birth of, like, the parental advisory sticker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's when you started yes, having the parental advisory, the right, on, on CDs. And as a kid... You wanted the parental advisory CD. Yeah. You wanted Walmart to get didn't that. Sell them. Like, yeah, Walmart <laughs> didn't sell them. Facts. You had to go to the certain and and at that stage, you had to have somebody who could almost like buying a pack of cigarettes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like who could legally buy you. I remember right. it was a uh, parental advisor, I think it was the Loonies album. I got five I got on five. it. Yep. I bought that record. I just bought it. Went over to my cousin's house and we outside playing basketball. I come back in and it's in a trash can. Mm-hmm. Ripped up. My aunt found it and, and, and tore it up. She was like, your mama wouldn't let you have this parental advisory. You know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to have this type of stuff. That's crazy. We, we don't have this type of music in my house. But it was, you know, for one, you got to talk, talk about uh, Luke and them in the South because they were the group that fought in Supreme Court to be able to have music that had explicit lyrics. Right, right, You know, right. they they went and fought so that people could be able to have their freedom of speech, you know, mm. on record. Which is huge, but, like, it's crazy that what their music was <laughs> and, like, the fact that they the, the ones that fought... Here, the, one, the, the, the fact that, like, they the ones that fought for the freedom of speech, like, so they could, <laughs> so they could rap about booty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Strip club music. But, mm. but it... But it it positively impacted everybody else to be able to speak on the real things, which is hilarious. But see that, but I look at that as kind of controversial because it's for me, of course. Yeah. There's positive because it gave birth to so many artists that we love and that had freedom of speech. But then it's also a part of that, that was detrimental. 
True, 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 true. Be, because I look at like that album that I was gonna say, the one album that I feel like in the nineties was the most what do you feel like was the most influential album in the nineties? That was gonna be my next question. That's a harsh question, but yeah. Is, when when bro. I say so you answer it in your way and then I was also thinking um to like your mental health. When you had a bad day, who are you gonna go home and put them headphones on? You know, and listen to. Well, see, yeah, that's a, that's another aspect. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, I want to hear both though. <laughs> that's, that's that's a twofold question. Yeah, what? Oh man. So so for my answer, while while Watts think of his mm-hmm. is, I feel like the most influential album in the '90s was uh, Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Mm. I feel like when that album dropped, it changed so much as far as the influence of, of uh, gangster rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because through that birth, Snoop and, you know what I'm saying, what uh, that album did. But, yeah, that really changed a whole lot, positive and negative. Because I also know if you've seen that uh, Special Edge just did this interview on Drink Chaps, and he was talking about how he felt like that album helped ruin the black community in a lot of ways. Mm. You know what I mean? Because of the influence of of just to get high glorified street life, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and kind of birthed that into like the social norm. Right. You know, but when you asked me, I just, and you said the most, inf- what I used to go to was Midnight Marauders Tribe Called Quest. Like I could go to sleep to that album. Like it was the most therapeutic album for me. Huh. All right, what about you, Wise? I'm, I'm inclined to agree with the chronic until I can wrap my brain around some more, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, if I'm if I'm like if I'm in the '90s and and I didn't and I didn't went through something on a day, low key could go to could go to. I feel like I would go to Pac. I feel like I'd go to Pac because he just had so many of them joints that just had that feeling. Mm. Like I felt like I always felt like. Um, if I was experiencing something um, or really feeling the type of way, I felt like I would rather have a conversation with Pac, but I would rather listen to Big. Hmm. Mm. Okay, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I felt, I always felt like that. Like as much as I, as much as I enjoy his music, like that's what it always came down to between the two of them for me. I felt like I would be able to have a a crazy conversation with Pac, but I always have a better time listening to what Big was doing, skill set, lyrically wise, and, and ability. But yeah, so end of that day, it's something going on. Let me go ahead, cut off, keep your head up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and just be like, all right, man, it's not, it's not as bad as I. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's that's where I would go to. Pac was cold. Yeah, to this day, I still blast, um, dear mama. And my kids be looking at me because you know it's a tearjerker song. I know yeah, lyric of the song, and I think I'm like a, a rapper, low key. And yeah. they just be staring at me because I go all in with my own experiences from my childhood, growing up with a single mom, and mm. I remember from Mother's Day, um, the four of us got together and did like a little talent show for my mom. And we were just so excited, like, yeah, you know, singing all the t- Tupac song, you right. know, Dear Mama. And she was just like, but I wasn't no crackhead. 
I know you didn't do any drugs, mom, but do you feel like <laughs> right, 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 right? You, you don't, you don't get the sentiment. Okay, it's there. No, Parker so, was poetic. Yeah, I can definitely relate. You know, to yeah. you know most of his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I said, it definitely, it'd definitely be a pop joint. You know, mm-hmm. for me, you know, I think, I think it really depends on like the day, because obviously, I love listening to Park because I thought he was conscientious and also. It's like I had this dual relationship with him. Like he was conscientious on some level because he spoke to things and he spoke to things really well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was definitely, you know, a gangster. And I remember listening to Strictly for My Niggas, man. I'm trying to listen mm-hmm. to it. Trying to listen, like, you know what? I can only listen to it so much. But in that same van, I could listen to Buster. You know, and I, I'll just, I'm in a certain mood, but I could just, just listen to him over and over again. Yeah. I just love the way he flowed, man. Yeah. And um, Buster. One, one of the songs I think... Um, that I heard that really grabbed me about Buster was that song when he talked about what he went through as a child and his, his family life and, and how he came up and you know he didn't he didn't see himself getting where he was man and I, and I think a lot of us can can hear songs like that and maybe could be encouraged by it. but yes. at the same token we can hear that song and say you know thug life is 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 where it, is where it's at man but then I also in the '90s I have this 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 love for like Arrested Development Ooh, come when on. I see the oh, little yeah, ones yeah, yeah. come on yeah for sure. <laughs> Playing ga- playing yeah. games with the water guns and yep. generations of poverty, and I ask myself why. Like you know, it is like that you know why they cry nine one two, but no, why we cry freedom? Like I hear stuff like that, and it's like man, that yeah. that spoke to another part of me. That 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 thing, and then of course the Fugees, you know. So everybody wear the mask. I think Lake the Hughes. Where is that? You know. So um, that 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 um, Hill. That that spoke. Yeah, yeah. And then you know. Snoop, man, I love when he first came out. The beats was just so dope, man. But Murder was the case that they gave me. Like, wow. Right. So, man, those, those songs, like, uh, that, it, it's, it's hard to pick one. But, man, those were the artists. And I think for me, many times in the, in, in the 90s that really kind of influenced the way I look at rap. And I was, I think I, I felt like I was very selective. Because some, some, some artists, like I love Tribe Called Quest, um, and y'all remember Diggable Man, listen, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, and it's like, because everybody that you name, and them not, like, all these people we done named, none of them sounded alike. Right. No. Yes, man. And that's the, thing. that's the thing. That's, that's why the 90s is the best, because nobody was trying to sound like nobody. They was just making the sounds that they wanted to make, and that's right. why it was so right. different. Yeah. Pulling from their own creative genes, exactly. man. Like, being an artist, a real artist, exactly. You know, a real actual artist. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Every everybody has influences, yeah. right? And it ain't nothing wrong with having influences, but right. you still got to put yourself in it. And and I think that's what get lost on um, a lot of forms of art yeah. today. Um, is is that that individuality is not there? And, and with the the artists in the nineties. You talk about lyrics, right? Like they took real pride in being as lyrical and poetic Facts. as possible. So, like the level of lyricism that came out in the '90s was almost like superheroish. Yeah. Like you didn't think the average person did not look at a rapper like a Tupac or a Big or a Jay Nas, Busta, any of these people we naming, and think like that that's just an easy, achievable thing to do. Right? Like this right. is almost like superhuman creative strength that they got right there. It's like anybody just thinking that they can step into the NBA and playing on LeBron's level. Exactly. You You know, it was that level of talent that was there. To be able to flow like that and, and, 
and, and go, I, it, it's definitely a superpower. You know, saying that, just going back to black history a little bit, um, a lot of times when we look at even the old spirituals that, you know, the slaves used to sing, mm. and somebody went and they put them to, they put words to them, of course, actual words, this is how you sing the song. But when they actually sung the songs, this, each time they sung it, it was improvised and the words were different. Wow. That's how, that's how mm-hmm. it was, they didn't do it always the same way. So I think about that. I think about rap and how guys like Biggie could just take, boom, give him a beat. He could just flow and bop. Freestyle. Or Nas yeah. and like how these guys could just flow with it. Man, it's, it's, it's amazing. Hey, I, I, I want to say this. And I want to ask out some questions. You know, one of the things I was thinking about with, uh, with uh, Notorious, which I, I really appreciated about him. He seemed to be so self-aware in his music. He knew who yeah. he was. He knew what his strengths was. He knew what his weaknesses was. And he and he put it in his music, man. Right. Yeah. He talked about his flaws. Yeah, you know, he talked about his, his flaws. flaws and all. Right. Black and ugly as ever. <laughs> However, <laughs> I say coochie down, down to the, the socks. Okay. Don't matter, bro. You know, and build his self confidence up, like you know? right. up like that. Right. Like that, man. He knew he was, man. I, I appreciated that about him, man. But like he kept it. It was, it was definitely a level of like funky that Biggie kept it. That was crazy. Like you know, what I'm saying, talking about, talking about getting the getting the, the materials to make the fake versions of the clothes that was hot. Right. Like you know, right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so, yeah, sewing yeah. the uh, the alligator on your shirt. You know, you feel me? Just to, just to look. And I've been there. I I, I remember. Sewing Tommy Hill figure on the back, uh, Tommy Hill figure uh, 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 patch on the back of my shirt just to be able to fit in, mm-hmm. you know, to feel cool and, and, and confident on what that was. So, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let me ask y'all a question. Um, the, the so in the nineties, man, but the so gangster right rap it it evolved, um, and of course you had these factions in the East Coast, the West Coast. New right. York, Compton, and seems like the gangster rap, the, the the vibe, man, really happened during that time, man. In the golden age of rap, why y'all, why y'all think that happened? What 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 was pushing that? I mean, honestly, that was it was just another one of those things that you know it was it was another sound, and it was also relatable too. It was like for as much good as there was, you can't ignore the bad too because it was there, the yeah, gangster. Because what was happening on the West Coast? Where the where the majority of the gangster rap was coming out of is what they was experiencing. So you know the the cast in New York to talk about what's happening in New York. Of course, the cast on the West gonna talk about what's happening on the West. Mm-hmm. They was dealing with them cops out there going crazy in LA, beating niggas up. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like it, and what they was experiencing, what they was going through, the way crack hit. Yeah. Really, you know, out there and New York, like, of course, you was going to get that music. It was going to happen. And you was going to have yeah, those guys like. Today was a good day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's the the fact that it's the fact that they was experiencing those bad days that made Cube song about a good day so impactful. Ooh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you feel me? Like you had to have all those you had to have all those negative experiences and bad days to be able to even yeah, have to that record gr- in the first you know, place. Showing mm-hmm. gratitude, just to be grateful for the small things. You right. know, the dog right. wasn't barking. You know? Yeah, like, right. Yo, listen, right. Like, like how messed up <laughs> did life have to be for you to be for you to just be hyped that it ain't no bacon on your plate? Like what? <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? For just the simple like yes. the simplest things made him happy in this day. Like, right. bruh. 
I ain't have to shoot nobody. Ain't nobody shoot at me. Nobody I know got shot. Ain't nobody. The cops ain't arrest me. Ain't harass me. Ain't bother me. Like those are things that you should just experience on a regular day anyway. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the case. (laughs) So like that's what made that so impactful. And when you talk about the East Coast West Coast beef, like it was crazy how that exploded because you know. Both sides was just really speaking their truths about what they was going through in their perspective areas. Like you said, Cube, with today was a good day. He was telling you his West Coast lens on things, you know, where you had, you know, the the, the Nas's and the Jays speaking that they East Coast perspective on the things. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we've always been like kind of like tribal by nature. So it's always like even in amongst the city, you know, you have street beefs. You know, and people, yes, well, I'm from yes. this block, you from that block. And so with the whole East Coast, West Coast piece, I think it just feuded off of, you know, just personal disputes between people. But then when you add in, I'm representing the whole East Coast, or I'm representing the whole West Coast, that fueled the fire. And then when corporate America once again got a hold <laughs> of oh, it, yeah. you know they what I mean? Like it. they just exploded that into a whole frenzy of ways that they made money off of that situation right. and uh, mm-hmm. you see what it ended up resulting in two two lives was lost man great mcs Absolutely. right you know? which is always the weirdest thing to me that because ended, it was like you know yeah but it was like that was the that was the 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 peak of east coast west coast beef with parking beef with, with two niggas both from the east coast which is always stupid to me but <laughs> all right sure and we had to we had to lose people for it it's that it's that it's definitely them corporate hands getting into it, pushing it. Because the thing is, you turn out rappers like this. They just they just keep coming. Like mm-hmm. every, for every for every for every one rapper that gets shot, another ten hit Birth. the studio. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's like that was that was a thing where it's like rappers were, uh, and I feel like always have been since since it became a business. Um, have always been looked at as expendable. Uh, rather after not Tupac got business. killed, who was the two rappers who? Came up and they was like, "Oh, they supposed to be the new Tupac." No, I'm gonna be quiet because I'm like, I'm gonna say something that might not be right. Oh, I'm about to say you talking about uh, DMX and Ja. There you go. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So you supposed to be the had, new you versions. Had, you just had two brown skin ball niggas. They, <laughs> <laughs> they was like, like, "That's it. That's the replacement." We'll, we'll, no, we'll create two more Tupacs. Yeah, you know but, they, but they but they definitely tried it, and then Ja went, "This don't work." I'm not Tupac. Yep. Let me go ahead and start singing. And that's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and and, and all right, cool. And DMX was like. I'm low key crazy. <laughs> so yeah, just, let, yeah, just yeah. let me just let me rap and pet my dogs, yeah. and and yeah. and that's cool. But that was his mental health. That was, you know, yeah, that was yeah. it. Was his outlet? It was his thing. Yeah, he, he tried yeah. it. It didn't work for him. He's right. like, what, how do I cope? What do I do? This is what I like. Let yeah. me step back into my lane. Pretty yeah. much. You know, and, and speaking of that corporate stuff, I think in America there has always been uh, this thing to celebrate the gangster. Think about it, y'all. Think about it. The cowboys. Think about the Al Capones and all the gangster movies that The Godfather, yeah. all the all the movies, man, right. yeah. um, that's yeah. been made about gangsters. I, I think America has created an environment where we celebrate the gangster, man. We Absolutely. Don't, don't. And so rap going in that direction, it was just uh, reinforcing the same concept of America. We've always been about gangsters, unfortunately. Right, mm-hmm. right. but like, but, it, but it's the thing where it was kind of like. We were unsure. We went from gangster rap, Tupac and Biggie died. Then it was like the rappers started singing. You know, I oh. was, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> right. 
definitely shifted up. It was like, hey, you know what? I don't want to get shot. Let's make different music. Yeah. Puff Daddy started with his dancing. Puffy was right. like, yeah, right. Right. okay. That, 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 that goes to the next. That goes to the next. Oh, okay. That goes to the next. Right, right. But, 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 yeah. but, but, but check this out, though. Speaking of that era, man, one of the I think one of the greatest songs that came out about grief was Crossroads, man. Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's what Cleveland sure. sure. right. Yeah, you already know what it is. Cleveland. That was a That was a badge of honor to say you was from Cleveland once bone dropped. You know? For real. For real. Like that was, I mean, um, you know, it, I, I thought that song really spoke to the issues right. of grief, man. And, and, and of course, um, of course they were, uh, kind of, uh, memorializing easy at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. What's yeah. crazy about the Crossroads song. Right. So that was like 95, 96. My grandfather mm -hmm. died in 96 mm -hmm. and my grandfather's name was Charles. Mm -hmm. Right, and he had a slew of nieces and nephews. That's my uncle Charles. When that line came on, I miss my uncle Charles, y'all. I'm talking about that. Our friend of reunions, dog. Like they would go crazy off that line, and mm -hmm. like I could tell for them, it was like, like they was really pouring out to that part. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, like they, sure. they they felt the 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 line in that man, like as a cry out, man. So yeah, that was like a real grief recovery type song. Yeah, it was, man. The one thing I was gonna say about the '90s too. Because it's, it's two elements. We don't want to be remiss to talk about the ladies and the, and the female influences. Absolutely not. And the, and the things that went on along that line. But then also, I think we also have to speak about how that there is definitely a level of misogynistic music and lines that came out you know, that was embraced in a way that kind of caused some toxicity in our community, right? Definitely, right. definitely. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, being able to, like, rappers like, and this is music I loved and listened to, like, Too Short, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, Too Short was a huge rapper who had, you know, album called Cocktails, huge. and if you listen to the music in that, it's, it's crazy. Right. But I know for a fact, and, and, and A-Ball and MJG, it was a lot of rappers you know, UGK, Pimp C, you know what I'm saying? Like, that talked about, you know, uh, putting women in the light as as hoes. You know what right. I'm saying? And so I feel like... Yeah, that definitely came out the 90s. That definitely, even we talking about the, the Chronic and Snoop and them, right? How they talked about women too much in a way that glorified them being nothing more than just sex partners it wasn't talking about you know holistic or 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 being together it was few rappers in that era who kind of was promoting healthy relationships right yes. <laughs> right Absolutely. you know what i mean and so i think with that being promoted so much through the music i think that subconsciously affected how people dealt with relationships in that time frame or how they talked about you know, it was a whole era in the nineties, the freak nick, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. The freak nick in Atlanta. And it wasn't about no wholesome type relationships no. being formed. It was right. about you are treated that way. You are told that you are this, then you become that same thing. Dang. So, so in, in response to that, then you had people like Queen Latifah, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You and I T Y unity. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Who was, who was coming with music to it? you know, reinforce women to know that they're more than just a bitch or a hoe. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, exactly. So 
I think that element was some conflictingness, but then I think it was pushed way too much on the other side of that. You know, so here we are now, even though I skipped a few errors, but 2023, our female rappers now. Uh oh. Total opposite. Yeah, no, it's in, crazy. You know, so okay, let's. I'm sure we'll get to that part. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, but they definitely the overly sexualization of, of African American uh, uh, women definitely became a, a, a very heavy part of rap. And again, the gangstery, the guns, uh, over sexualization of women. Those are those are issues that we have to look at and consider when we talk about it. You know, when we think about it. A lot of us. When we were listening to rap, a lot of us, when we was writing rap, we were young and didn't really have a, a concept of how those things was impacting us because we was only taken from the environment that we was already exposed to. Mm-hmm. So we was we thought, even though in our uniqueness and our us being different, we still was taken from the environment that we was in. So thus, gangstery was gangstery. Uh, uh, women being womanized, womanized was normal and and so in guns and violence was all wrapped up in our culture yeah and drugs wrapped mm-hmm. up in our culture but to your earlier point and to what I said earlier too in the 90s that there was a, a balance there yeah you had that but then you also had the arrested developments the tribe called right. quest the de la souls the queen latifas you know what i'm saying the mc lights you know right. what i'm saying people who were talking about mc light Man, with Georgie Porgy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She was talking about domestic violence and and, and and what was going on there, but speaking more so from an uplifting standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you mm-hmm. had that balance that was even played on the radio. Yeah, right? yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And TV yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah no, you, so, can't, you can't get nothing positive on the radio today. At all. No. Right. And, and, and But back then, you know, you had that, but then you had that. So I felt like that kept us a lot more mentally stable. Cool. Because we had more of a balance than we had, you know, right. in, in, in the nineties. Yeah, now it's now it's pretty much all one extreme or the other. <laughs> and so we Where's the other? We lost that. No, that's what I'm saying. The other ain't even that's, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty it's pretty it pretty much just like music. tilted over. You have to. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't watch the needle just keep going over the boil. You know what I'm saying? I mean you and can't even turn on the regular radio and the lyrics be like, Oh, you know what? I yeah. got little kids in the car. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you turn it's like radio, coochie, right. go. <laughs> like skip right. to the next station. <laughs> like like, rob this nigga. Okay. We just, right. you know what, kids? We gonna, um, we gonna just count how many red cars we see. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do nothing it's, now. It's, it's crazy. Thank you for listening to this episode on hip hop and mental health. If you like this discussion, please like us and also subscribe. We're going to continue this discussion in part three. 